0: Yo, what's going on, people? It's your boy, Kaz, here once again. Welcome back to Say Less. Thank you all for subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, YouTube. I'm trying to get this podcast everywhere, goddammit. And, uh, you know, shout out to everybody who's been supporting the show. This daily show has been the labor of love. And uh, a big part of that labor of love is uh, today's guest on the show. You know him, you love him. Uh, You see his credits on the end of the podcast uh, every single week. You hear me when I tell him to hit the fucking music before uh, we introduce any guest to the show. And more so, he's my brother, man. Anybody who's a fan of Russell Rap or just uh, who's followed our journey together for several years knows the man I'm talking about. Tamilio Sparks Sparks uh, joining me on the show today for a very special episode of Say Less. And uh, shout out to good people, the good people over at Vice TV and the creators of Dark Side of the Ring. It is an incredible docuseries, even if you're not even into pro wrestling, if you're into just interesting people and murder and mystery and craziness and all that good shit. Dark Side of the Ring is one hell of, of a docu-series, and it's in its second season. So uh, Vice TV, uh, a company that I've had a pretty good working relationship with for the past year and some change now, uh, reached out to me to uh, do some live tweeting for the uh, episodes of Dark Side of the Ring all season long, as well as uh, doing some live tweeting for our WrestleMania this weekend coming up. So, um, you know, it's a big wrestling week, despite all the craziness happening in the world. WrestleMania is still going on. Dark Side of the Ring is still on TV. And uh, I figured it would be a great opportunity to uh, talk to him, with my boy Sparky, who, uh, you know, I haven't talked to in a while. So, well, I haven't talked to him in a while on, on a podcast format. So uh, I figured now would be the best time to uh, get him on the show so Emilio this is gonna be funny but I guess hit the fucking music <laughs> check it, check it check it, check it what's going on Sparky
1: oh you know just scrolling on Bumble right now and just finished watching oh, Dark God. Side of the Ring it's times of quarantine I'll risk it all for an upper respiratory infection pal
0: <laughs> yeah man so yo Second episode of Dark Side of the Ring uh, this past week. Well, this past week was a huge uh, episode for them with their debut. Apparently, it was the biggest debut show in Vice's history. That's bigger than, uh, you know, Fuck That's Delicious, bigger than D Amaro. Dark Side of the Ring with Chris Benoit, the two-hour premiere, shattered records uh, for, for that channel. You know, this week they followed it up with the legendary New Jack. His name might not ring bells for the uh, mainstream audience, but anybody who grew up in the ECW days, Smoky Mountain wrestling days, just anybody who's a fan of extreme wrestling uh, knows exactly who fucking New Jack is, man. What a story, I mean, like, l- l- let's start it off here, man. I mean, New Jack, uh, we start off with Jim Cornette, and uh, he did what he does with everybody. And uh, if you heard of New Jack, the first thing I heard about New Jack was that he has three justifiable homicides. That's the first thing that you hear about him any time uh, that guy, t- uh, you hear a story about that dude. You know, Jim Cornette said this exact same thing. Uh, apparently he was a bounty hunter as well. Wild motherfucking boy. Yeah, you don't know what's
1: fact or fiction when it comes to New Jack. So everything is urban legend. And he's one of the last big tall tales in professional wrestling. Like you had Andre the Giant and all those stories were larger than life and big. And you don't know whether or not you can believe them or not. And then you hear New Jack, justifiable homicides. He's a bounty hunter. He's a murderer. As a kid, I'm watching ECW. I'm like, no more than like 12, 13. Maybe a pube is starting to sprout. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And you're watching this and you're like, oh, this guy is terrifying. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that was, you know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit, I'm definitely a lot younger than you. Watching oh, yes. Yeah. For the first time. So it was like, holy shit. I'm like, maybe like nine years old or eight years old watching a guy literally stab somebody on TV. And I'm just like, okay, WWF, WCW, that's fake. But this guy and this promotion, that shit is for real. Let's, let's get into the Smoky Mountain wrestling. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people who know of New Jack Nova's ECW work, but I don't think they were really familiar with his uh, Smoky Mountain wrestling work, man. Like, I know uh, D'Lo Brown was down in there, and he was part of the gangsters from Mustafa. And um, the classic promo he cut about O.J. Simpson saying there's two less people, to two less of them to worry about. Man, I it, back then... It's, it's shocking. And even now, I mean, like, God, like that's, they, they they probably string you up on a rope for saying that shit now. But back then, oh my goodness. Like it, it was still fresh in people's minds. Like the balls, the motherfucker's crazy. I don't know how else to put it. Like I don't know how else to describe and inject to somebody who hasn't seen him or knows of him. The motherfucker is, is certifiably insane.
1: I texted you about this, and this is what blew my mind even more, and and even though you you know this for years, but who would have thought a wrestling promotion based out of Knoxville, Tennessee had the (laughs) most woke and progressive storyline and angles in professional wrestling at that time than Jim Cornette
0: and Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Yeah. I mean, you know what? I don't know how much credit I give the Cornet for that, but I mean, you got to give him credit for pretty much telling New Jackson to just go out there and do his thing. And apparently that was just piss off white people. But <laughs> it was super authentic. I mean, like, dude, he was, he was out there in NWA shirts and Tupac shirts. And, you know, he looked the part and dressed the part. And, you know, he was talking about like the Rodney King, you know, situation and, you know, had Ricky Morton playing the role of Rodney King with one white guy getting beat up by several black guys, and he's getting booed for it, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I don't even think the people that were in that crowd realized exactly what he was doing. And, you know, depending on who's watching that at home, might be hard to boo that type of thing because it's like, wow, now you guys know exactly how terrible this is because this is a wrestling ring. But that was happening in real life. And you know, a lot of people did not give a fuck about that until that video came out of Rodney King getting beat up. So it's like, yeah, I mean, progressive, absolutely woke. I don't know if I'd accuse New Jack of ever being woke. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to say it. No,
1: I'm going to say New Jack was woke because, listen to me, you're doing something in the Bible Belt in the good old boy area that literally people thought at that time, and maybe some still do, that professional wrestling is still real and, you know, it's sacred. And, no, these guys really put their bodies on the line. We know all that. But the question is this, do you know or can you separate performance from it actually being real to even make it even more wrestle rap? Rick Rubin was the financial backer for it.
0: Really? Yeah, dude. Holy shit. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know Rick Rubin is a longtime wrestling head. I mean, we've seen him at, at countless WrestleManias ringside every single year. You can't miss him. But uh, I, I, had, I had no idea that he <laughs> he was financially back in Smoky Yeah, He Mountain. was financially.
1: So it kind of makes sense why I think certain things would move the way they would move in Smoky Mountain under the sweet, sweet hand of Rick's pocket. You know what I mean? So it makes sense why there would be some jarring visuals and some jarring things, because that's what wrestling is. Wrestling is art imitating life. So at the time, you have to remember, man, 93, 94, 95, there were some crazy times in
0: this world. Oh, yeah.
1: So to see performers of color coming out and beating up the white boys in a Confederate flag-hanging state, you know, to me, that really
0: is woke and progressive because you need balls to go in and do that. Even watching him now, he's so fucking charismatic. Like, he seems like I feel like I know five New Jacks. Like, the way that he <laughs> talks, the way that he acts. And I think Cornette hit the nail on the head. It said, like, you know, if Eddie Murphy wanted to be a, a bad guy wrestler, not a stand up comedian, he'd be New Jack because he's that, you know, personable. But at the same time, you know, I think he used a lot of that to 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 kind of you know put the medicine in the candy, so to speak. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, he wasn't gonna go out there and talk about OJ. You know, he wasn't gonna go out there and do this this Rodney King angle. You knew he wasn't gonna go do all that shit. Without you know, it's not it's not like now where you know you need angles to be you know approved and and ran through and oh, you don't know what standards and practices would say, or you got the He's like, No, they were like, just go out there and get people riled the fuck up. And New Jack did that shit better than anybody you could ever think of. On top of that, you know, with him, you, you, you don't even really know where the, the regular guy starts and the character begins. And I feel like it wasn't just me who thought that as a fan. It was a little bit refreshing to see, like, people who actually know him, who actually wrestled with him, who actually worked with him, said the same thing. Like, no, Jerome Young and New Jack are, are, are the same guy because we never really met Jerome Young. Like, New Jack was New Jack all the fucking time. And I guess, I mean, what you can say is the co-star of this Dark Side of the Ring episode had to be cocaine. <laughs> cocaine was 1,000%, you know, Mustafa was like New Jack's tag team partner in theory. But truthfully, it's cocaine. His, uh, cocaine was his 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 ride or die for all for his entire ride over there.
1: I mean, he says it at the end. What's the movie? What's the story of New Jack? How are you going to feel? He's like, hopefully it is a shot of me. 90 in a wheelchair snorting cocaine <laughs> and, and he was left laugh- and listen and i love new jack because i think we all get worked and i think that's what a consummate performer does specifically yeah. in performance art and that's what professional wrestling is to me we can quantify it we can over intellectualize it but at the end of the day wrestling is performance art so when you see a guy who's even working his co-workers and some of his closest friends sandman said it tommy dreamer said it they they don't know which is who's who is it Is it Jerome or is it Jack? You don't know who you're going to get. You want to protect the business even from people on the inside. So he's like, yo, I'm not going to get work. I'm going to work everybody else and I'm going to laugh all the way to the bank.
0: Absolutely. And for the better part of the 90s, New Jack did that. And he did that with uh, a guy that we know and love. Paul Heyman running ECW and um, you know, one of the great stories that came out from this episode of Dark Side of the Ring was um, the relationship that he had with New Jack. And uh, you know, obviously the mass transit incident when New Jack got to ECW, a lot of the things that he was doing, he was just kind of pushing the envelope more and more and more. And, uh, you know, New Jack and shout out to Salmon, who had a great fucking line when he actually found out why New Jack was so pissed off at Mass Transit. Uh, the 17-year-old kid who had zero business being anywhere, not even in the ring, being anywhere near New Jack, just being anywhere near, like, any of these super violent uh, people, he said, "You know, I would love to get some offense in, and apparently it's a new jack, and you know I guess you can cooperate that with a lot of people that is one of the most disrespectful things you can do to a veteran man like especially if you're new you're you're, you're just kind of you're not really making the towns like a lot of the rest of the roster like if you're just a guy that was picked out of out of the extras list or just you know you're, you're jobbing tonight you're doing a job. And you're going up to a guy who's actually putting asses in seats and people, you know, who came to see him, you know, do his thing. And you know his thing is fucking you up. You know what I mean? Like, the last thing you want to do is be like, oh, hey, let me go get some offense in. That's not part of the show, my G. Like, you don't know what you really signed yourself up for.
1: Yeah, no chief. That's not going to happen. You got to move a certain way, right? So, yeah. like, you got to be real respectful. You got to shake hands. Like, you could be a respectful G, but at 17, you're not properly trained. So you right. don't know locker room culture. So that's like us or anybody that's not properly trained, and they get a shot to be enhancement work and to get to work Braun Strowman, right? And they're right. going to say, hey, Braun, can we get some shit in?
0: You know what Braun's no. gonna tell you? Go fuck
1: yourself. <laughs> in a very professional way. Exactly. In a very professional and so way. that's it's why like, so that's why you knew New Jack wanted to cut him up. Me and Kaz were texting the entire time during Dark Side was on, and yeah. we just kept on saying Heyman's the GOAT. Only Heyman could work a jury in a court case. And oh, he lo- yeah. and he looks at New Jack and they're trying to say, Well, Mr. Heyman, what did Eric Klaus's father call Mr. New Jack? He said the N-word. No, Mr. Heyman, what was said? He looks at new Jack, typical Paul Heyman. Like, it, it's all reactionary, the subtle nuance of a crowd, even that small. Heyman just looks at him and goes, I'm sorry, Jack.
0: <laughs> and you know what? Even, like, watching it over, you know, watching it on TV, I'm, like, looking at Heyman. I'm, like, you can hear it in his voice. Somebody's, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jack. Oh god, I pay. Mo- I would pay money, hard earned money, to see that. Just because I, I love, you know. Everybody knows my my affection I have for Paul and, and the things he's done for me and my my career in life. I love that guy so much. So it was. It's it's hilarious hearing that uh, that recollection of uh, him taking a stand and uh, you know getting New Jack off the hook, man. Like that dude, bro. And that's another thing that kind of lets me know there's a little bit more method to the madness, right? You know, the guy knows exactly not to get worked. He knows that the the myth has kind of, you know, the, the reputation has kind of preceded itself at this point when it comes to New Jack. And it's almost like a tall tale.
1: I wonder why he was also not available to speak on this dark side of the ring. Because I think it would add just that chef's kiss if you had Paul Heyman talking about the mass transit incident. Certain other incidents in ECW, and then you know the whole Vic Grimes thing, and then even the case having yeah. Paul Heyman talk about the case because there was a lot of levity in that. And every time New Jack would bring up something violent, he would laugh his ass off. Like he was, pop- yeah. he was popping himself, but then
0: also the Sandman was popping too. So but it's it's so fucking dark though, because it's like these guys are talking about awful things, and it's like they laugh it off with the same. Levity as he talks about his or her mom getting shot, or five times by her dad, his his dad, like the same sort of fucking levity he laughs with that is the same shit he laughs at fucking tossing big Grimes off the scaffolding while electrocuting him. Like it's like, some people are just like I don't want to call them broken inside, but some folks just ain't wired right. Yeah, And New Jack, man, is one of those guys who just wasn't wired right. Um, When it comes to Paul Heyman, shouts to the guys at, at, at the E, always uh, love for them. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have been too thrilled uh, <laughs> participating <laughs> in uh, Dark Side of the Ray. Yeah, but you when you tell. talk
1: about New Jack and you talk about ECW and you talk about certain things, Heyman is so woven into the fabric of what, you know, that counterculture wrestling boom in the late nineties was about because it was ECW and the attitude era is just a tame version of what ECW was doing. So you really need to have Heyman be a mouthpiece when they do things like this, because he brings it all together. You can have all these stories, right? And you, we all know wrestlers; they all
0: like to fib. They all like to—they all them- like to embellish. They all like to put themselves put forward.
1: themselves over to the moon. But then you have a guy like Heyman who just solidifies everything. I don't know if you've ever seen the video, but there's a video of Paul Heyman, and he's sitting down and he's talking about, well, what if Brock Lesnar went into business for himself and decided that he was taking the streak? Do you mean to tell me that a 49-year-old undertaker is going <laughs> to stop a former Division I NCAA, UFC? Like, you know, and how we would get into this stuff. And I was like, sit I got to I I tell you. I got
0: to tell you. That's a solid Heyman you're doing. It's a solid <laughs> Heyman. That's a very solid Heyman.
1: It's a New York thing. You know that. Cool. Absolutely. Like
0: definitely. <laughs>
1: But he's, he's the one where it just adds this even, it could be the biggest level of bullshit, but he adds this level of authenticity and. You, you, you don't know what is fact or fiction. And again, he's the consummate performer who's going to work you, but also at the same time too, he's the anchor because he's one of those guys. When you talk about like Ted Turner and Vince McMahon and let's say Jim Crockett, you have to give Paul Heyman his due because he, not that he invented a new genre within professional wrestling. He just took something that was old and spun it on a different axis and knew how to market it to a younger audience.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and Heyman granted given everything uh that he's gone through since then because for a while he didn't really get his flowers and you know you can go ahead and see that amazing promo that he cut on uh Vince McMahon right before uh I want to say Survivor Series of the Alliance versus the WWF Mm -hmm. where he got a lot of real real you know feelings off of his chest and if you watch that documentary that was on the network and granted some of the network stuff on documentaries can be a little, can be a little self-serving, but usually when it comes to telling the stories about like the ECW days and, and Heyman being involved, you can tell that they try to give as much realism and as much honesty as possible into that storytelling. And uh, they pretty much told him to go out there and just air his grievances and say what he felt. And you know, it's, Gosh, man, like there is no attitude error without this guy. There is no Stone Cold Steve Austin without this guy. There is no, you know, granted, we don't have a lot of it now, but I mean, gosh, we want to talk about the divas and the catfighting. And, you know, it's almost like the bastard stepchild of, of WWE storytelling. And you can't talk about it no more because, you know, there, there's the women's revolution and there's a whole lot, it's a whole different ball game now. But, man, you'd be lying if a lot of those big ratings didn't have to do with. The sex and the selling of sex that was that was going on in the WWF. And a lot of that stuff came from a man named Paul Heyman. So um, driving it back to this New Jack documentary, when it comes to him, yeah, he may seem like a crazy, deranged, uh, you know, killer. But the, the guy, knowing having the foresight to not fold up, not freeze up. Uh, the guy knowing having the, uh, the 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 mindset to fight the case. And not just be like oh fuck i'm I'm done for you know what I mean, knowing that he had you know the underage uh you know the, him being underage under his belt, knowing that he was uh you know there was a little bit of racism going on, and you know having that old black guy in the jury like knowing how to how to work the jurors, and not knowing he didn't need to talk to the rest of the guy, just the old eighty eight year old black guy and you know that dude that he knew he could work, and him being so candid about that. Let you know that there's way more message to his madness, man. He seems like a, I mean, for all the fucked up crazy shit he's done, that charisma maxed with that madness. Let you know that the dude's way smarter than he looks. And, uh yeah, and the fact that he's beaten that, he's gotten allegedly three or four justifiable homicides, lets you believe that, okay, he knows what he's doing. He's not just some crazy, deranged motherfucker. Like, he's a, he's a, he's he knows what he's doing. And that's probably what makes New Jack even scarier. Because, like, he knows what he can get away with. He knows what he can do. But That all kind of came to a head later in that special with uh, the Vic Grimes incident.
1: The mass transit situation was the tamest of each of the situations <laughs> that they kept on getting into. So now yeah. we go into the Vic Grimes thing. In the documentary, he still shits on Vic Grimes.
0: As he should, as he should. I mean, like, dude, you see that fucking mark on his head? I mean, I don't know if that mark on his head was from Vic Grimes' fault on him off the balcony. But, you know, he says he still gets headaches to this day, that he's been fucked up to this day. And he didn't even call us to check on him, especially, you know, knowing that it was his fault. Now, I'm not going to be a New Jack apologist here. But I'm saying, like, if I'm if I'm working with you and I, and I end up getting you fucked up and you go to the hospital, I'm going to at least check on you before I, I work with you again. Before like him do another match again, you know, like that's, that's kind of a weak move on his part, but I, I still don't think he should have got tased, you know. I mean, I, I might have been, I might have been taking it a little too far, you know, until I saw that special, I didn't know he got tased. I thought, you know, I used to just watch the highlights like everybody else and, you know, as crazy as, as, uh, you know, any mania or any, Wrestling uh, thread or montage that you see online, you'll always see that New Jack Grimes incident and see him fucking fall, kind of limp. So I always thought that was like on purpose. I always thought that was like, you know, he was going to take this bump. I didn't know if he was legitimately tossed off <laughs> after being fucking electrocuted. It is. He's a scary motherfucker, man. There's not a lot of people I'm scared of in life. Um,
1: I'm scared of I'm New Jack, not- yeah.
0: It's incredible to see that he still kept going after, you know, ECW shut down because clearly he wasn't going to get wasn't going to get brought to, to to WWF or WWE at the time or you know, clearly that wasn't his thing, but well, actually Shane
1: pushed for him. Shane pushed for him several times because he, really? yeah, he came in and did a couple of promos and Shane was really impressed with him and Shane was trying to push him to get into WWE. He, tr- he tried because New Jack can talk, man. And I forget which one in the documentary was saying that I put him up there with the rock,
0: but yeah, it was Mustafa. It was, it was a I yeah. think
1: Mustafa is right because you need somebody that's charismatic and you need somebody that you could believe, right? So you have a guy like New Jack, he sells this, this image. He understands his character. He knows the, the levity and he also knows the seriousness and he knows when to pull in and when to pull back and, you know, yeah, yeah. Shane wanted New Jack bad. He did. He he tried to get New Jack specifically around that whole, you know, invasion storyline. How
0: you, do you think – I was about to say, like, how do you think New Jack would have fared had he would have been in the WWE? Like, obviously, I'm. you know – I think here's a couple
1: of things that I think they needed to do, and, and I don't know about the locker room culture back then, so I, I right. don't know. But I do know this, that if they – Made some type of agreement. They'd have to tell us, and you got to go get clean.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you, you yeah, no coke. no coke before your match, bro. There's
1: no hope with dope, so we can't have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. this is just when all this shit was hitting the fan with them too, with like you know, you know, certain performers, you know, passing away three at a clip. You know, it mm-hmm. was a real weird time in professional wrestling, not just within WWE, but within like the yeah, scope because the I, business was. I changing. remember it was
0: like I think it was like Crash Holly that mm-hmm. passed. Then it was like Guerrero,
1: Chris Canyon, like
0: Chris Canyon, Candido. Trump. Yeah, it was like every year it was somebody that was getting plucked off. So yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely, it was it was a weird time. But and, I you think, know obviously Guerrero Benoit, stuff. Obviously. Yeah,
1: but I think he would have fared great if you know he was able to get the help that he needed, and because their wellness policy, it's it, it's it's publicly known. And if they did that and he took it serious because, you know, if they cut him a check and you get the bag, all right, now you know you got to You got to get real serious. All right, cool. He had the look. He had the temperament of that time that he really would have fit in. I think he would have been at least intercontinental champion.
0: Really?
1: Oh, oh, yeah. That's a lot. Well, look at the time, though. But look at the time. You really didn't need to do anything that was... Look at everything that was going on. Dudley's versus the Hardys. You know, it was just, let me out-bump the big bump. Well, who else can do the big bump? New Jack does the big bump. And you bought over the intellectual property of ECW. So now this footage is all yours. So now you Mm -hmm. can say, the man's blind in one eye. He had brain... Fluid leaking out of his ears and his nose when Vic Grimes landed on his face. He tased the man in the ring. He tried to kill a man by throwing him off a scaffold match. There's so much that you could have did to really sell New Jack as the badass that he was for WWE television. Because if Brian. that's one thing they know how to do, when they decide that somebody's going to get the rocket ship for X amount of time, Kaz, you wrote this stuff, you know what it is. Uh, when you absolutely. know who's when you know who's going to be the heir apparent for a little while, no matter what degree on the card that they're going to be, they're going to get a lot of TV time. You got to fill sixteen segments, and at that time, they were still having to fill sixteen segments.
0: Absolutely. In addition to that, man, just to just to follow up with you, I think New Jack would have made a great, great heel manager. You know what I mean? Like I think he'd have been a fantastic talker. He still is, you know, especially for the times that he was coming in. I would absolutely would love to see New Jack in the ruthless aggression era as like a mouthpiece for some like young up and comer. You know what I mean? Like even as a mouthpiece or like hosting some sort of fucking show. I I just think the motherfucker was probably too real for that shit. I'm sure I'm sure he would have I'm sure if he would have if he was down to, you know, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm sure if he was down to just kind of like not be all the way himself, to conform a little bit, uh, he could have got a WWE gig, obviously, especially if you saying Shane McMahon was pushing for him. Yeah, Shane was but, Shane was
1: pushing for him. I can't say who told me, but Shane was pushing for him.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure he was. I'm sure he would have got it. But you know, just watching that shit with with New Jack on on TV today, I mean. That doesn't seem like a guy who's going to want to conform to some shit. No, but I think think
1: for the money, I think for the money, and what else do you have to prove? Because you already made your bones in the ring. So now what else do you got to prove? Now you should just make the bank so that way you can stash it away so that way when you do retire, you have a little bit of a nest egg. But again, this yeah. is this is all us talking about here. Say now, when when we're I was right. about to
0: say, and he, and he, and he's speaking like New Jack is a very rational human being. Like, well, oh yeah, you know that doesn't make sense. You know, <laughs> hey, he
1: might be, he might be, and he's just working us all.
0: Um, absolutely, like absolutely.
1: you know, now he's going to be hyped up when when we're all allowed to breathe on each other again. His bookings are going to go through the roof to do something.
0: Man, listen, you were just talking about like, yo, let's get him for Wally Mania next year. I'm like. Are we sure we want to get New Jack around? At, a bunch of free at, and women? Abso-
1: I think absolutely. I think we get him the Wale Mania. We we, mm-hmm. we we have him part of the podcast in the beginning. When we do our Q&As, I think we have to sit down and talk to New Jack. Absolutely. And next year in California when it's going to be the biggest WrestleMania weekend of all time because of this oh, year? God.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait till we're out of this whole... Gosh. Like, just... Man... I knew I loved WrestleMania weekend. Like I knew it was my favorite weekend of the year, but like this week has absolutely confirmed how much I love that shit because it is a fucking bummer having to be home away. You know what I mean? Not just being home. I mean, granted, we're all all blessed that we could be home and and be safe and all that type of stuff. But man, the energy around WrestleMania weekend is just so dope and different and ugh.
1: We would have been on a plane tomorrow and then we would have went to sound check and then did the whole rundown of the show.
0: Yeah, that would have been it. That would have been it. But I mean, you know what? We're here, and uh, you know we're having fun, man. And uh, you know it's we're making the best of it. We're gonna make the best of it. But it's obviously it's gonna build to next year and just how fucking massive it's gonna be in the new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And it's it's gonna it's. Have you seen? You haven't been to LA in a while. I'm assuming, right?
1: No, all my loops never took me to LA. I've been to every part of the country but LA.
0: So when you fly over LA, you can see the stadium, like when you're flying into LAX and it is fucking massive. It's like, a, it's like a stone's throw away from the airport. And, oh man, thinking about that weekend this time next year, just, just fast forward with me to 2021, man. That's what oh, I'm saying, so man. Like this year has been a pain in the fucking ass so far. So fuck that shit. Oh man. So yeah. So any, uh, let's get some final thoughts on, uh, This episode of Dark Side of the Ring, I mean, I think they're two for... Well, if you want to call it three for three, they're definitely three for three this season, man, with the two-part Benoit series that was absolutely, you know, eye-opening and heartwarming, and I truly believe we'll get some sort of Emmy consideration once it comes, you know, for documentary series next year. I mean, my gosh, to even attempt... To humanize like one of you know pop culture's most like despised and disgraced figures, and you know put some some humanity on his child and Nancy's wife, and to follow it up with a guy that probably has doesn't have that a whole lot of humanity in him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's funny that
1: you say that. If you look at the parallels of violence, they actually run neck and neck. Yeah. You know, in, in a weird eerie way, one is not talked about in any way unless it's yeah. a taboo manner. Yeah. For his violent actions. And then in the next episode, the performer is celebrated mm. for his violent actions in the ring and outside of the ring.
0: Nobody remembers everything anything you do except the last thing you do. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like You know say what you want about chris benoit i mean like granted he did the the most heinous one of the most heinous crimes anybody could ever do but eddie guerrero passed a year before and his god it's like his birthday is damn near a wrestling holiday you know what i'm saying whereas chris benoit you can't even mention his name and new jack it's like, goddamn, like it was, he was very close to killing a lot of people in the ring. <laughs> was. And it's like, who it's, the, it's who's insane. who's to say how he's fucking remembered if any of these things go just a slightly bit wrong? Which there was definitely a chance of that happening. But my goodness, uh, shout out to Vice, shout out to Dark Side of the Ring. It's it, it's been an incredible uh first three episodes of the season, and. Next week, Sparks. I'm putting you on the spot right now. So, so we're gonna chat this time next week. Okay. You know what episode they're uh, they're doing next week? Next uh, Tuesday night.
1: Brawl for it all.
0: Brawl for all, man. It's gonna be a great one. Uh, I got to get a little sneak peek of it. With uh, they got Bart Gun in there. They got Butterbean. All oh, the beans is in a, that. Yeah, the beans in it. They Bro, got, you want to uh,
1: talk about somebody getting slumped? Watch um, Butterbean versus Bart Gun. You want to talk about man. hands?
0: Yeah, get that shit on the network. Is it on the network? Is Brawl for all on the network? It's yeah, it's on, yeah right? it's on the network, yeah. Hell yeah. Go check out Brawl for All man. Shout out to everybody who was in that. It was a fucking train wreck. <laughs> Godfather is the Godfather is is fucking money on that episode. I can't wait to see that shit, man.
1: See, sure. that's that's another dude we gotta get for Wally Mania. Okay. Oh, 1, Wheels are starting to turn. I we gotta have to have a talk, me, you and Baba. I think we do attitude edition uh Wally Mania, man.
0: I, I think that's a, that sounds like a hell of an idea. Spark. <laughs> that sounds like a hell of a fucking idea. I can't wait for it, man. But uh, let, let's wrap this up, bro. Sparks, man. Thank you so much for, you know, everything you do with Say Less. Oh, it's uh, my pleasure, you know, Obviously, it's it's a labor of love and everything we've been through together. Just the fact that you go so hard to, you know, make these podcasts sound crisp and, and, professional as possible every single day it is not an easy thing to do <laughs> uh but man i appreciate you uh we're gonna do this at least once a week as long as uh dark side of the ring is on the air Cool, man. and uh you know man it, it's me constantly casa, bro of you course know? you know it's, i love you so come on man absolutely man so uh sparky brother take us out brother
1: for all information on Kazim Fama, we need to go to at Say Less with Kaz on Twitter and Instagram. He has a Patreon, patreon.com slash Say Less. Subscribe. Buy in. You're buying into a movement. You're buying into a theme. You're buying into a culture. You're buying into Kazim and his mind. So if you support Kaz from everything that he's done in WWE and Flagrant 2 and Uninterrupted and SNY and Wrestle Rap, whatever, buy in. Support. At Kazim on Twitter and Instagram, at Emilio Sparks, E M I L I O S P A R K S, Twitter and Instagram. Wrassle Rap, W R A S S L E R A P. Also, speaking of all the New Jack stuff, Smoke Dizza has a video called New Jack. It's off his Rugby Thompson album. So if you want to go back and visit Smoke Dizza's discography, you can search him on iTunes or Spotify or even go on YouTube and look up the video. It's just New Jack, Smoke Dizza.
0: Boy, it's, it's been a long time since I got a great outro from you, bro. <laughs> it's, it's getting, it may be warm and fuzzy inside. But I doing
1: things, same, really brother, same. Catch you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Check us out. Say less.